It sounded like Tim Taylor. Well, it's February in Ohio, 60 degrees. Yes, I'm liking 60 degrees. My wife still wants snow. <laughs> Please pay no attention to the person behind the curtain. I'm like, no, snow was before Christmas. Now it's nice. So um, anyway, great to be here. God's doing great things, as they said at TLC. We're excited for where we're going and what God is doing. And we want you to be part of that. So we're starting this uh, message I started last week on, on hearing the voice of God. So we're going to kind of do this for about the next couple of weeks after this. But, you know, just a little bit of review last night. We needed to follow Jesus. We needed to get started and, and understand that God guides uh, he, he'll tell our spirit or our spirit will listen to the spirit of God when we get born again or get saved. And we have to trust that. And we're going to talk a little more about that this morning. So Romans eight fourteen and 19, we've got a bunch of ground to cover. So let's just get started and jump in there and see what God is telling us. For as many are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption to whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So we're talking about the voice of God being led by his spirit. And we have to uh, understand that there, each one of us has a purpose. I mean, you have a purpose. You're not just created just to exist. You have a purpose for your life, and God wants to disclose that to you and show you where that's at. And he's going to do that if we just allow him to do that. So our first thought today, and how many know in the world today, in the culture, there's a lot of noise going on. There's a lot of things talking to you. They'll talk to you in any way they can. I mean, sometimes just, you know, if you're a guy, there's all kinds of car ads. I mean, if you were, you know, springtime's coming now and, and you're already seeing rods that are out on the street and, and they, you know, you get in the light, they're like, they don't have to do that, but they do because after all, they're in a rod, you know, and so there's a lot of things talking to you. So our first thought this morning is know who's talking to you. Just know who's talking to you. If you know who's talking to you, then that's half the battle. John 10, 1 through 5 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear the voice, and he calls to his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. They will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So I think something, if you're going to declare something, you should declare out of your mouth. Remember, we need to hear this, and our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We need to declare that we will follow God's voice. I'm going to follow the voice of the good shepherd. I can hear him talking. And How many have, you know, your mother ever used your middle name? I'm a witness of that. If my mom yelled out the back door, Brett Allen Gleesman, you better get in here right now. My party's over. There's a reason why she's using my middle name. So I could hear her voice. Now, God's not yelling your middle voice because your party's over. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is there's a lot of things clamoring for your attention. And we need to know the voice that we need to listen to. We need to follow God's voice. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2 says... 
Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, observe carefully his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Notice it says, if you obey. So there's, there's some qualifications here. God can tell us what to do, but we have to do it. If we obey, if you tell your kids something, you know, you need to do this. If you do this, this is what happens. This is a good thing, or this is what happens. So God is just saying this. Your version might say, hearken, if that's what you've got. Uh, hear intently, depending on what you have, maybe uh, the Message Bible, something like that. You can also find the recipe for Rice Krispie Treats in the Message Bible, just saying. Not really. Uh, but it implies to hear and obey, to discern, to give Uh, ear to to listen so not just to hear but to obey not just it's not just as important as to hear you but to obey if you say something to your kids you know you could be saying their name until you get a response then you know they heard you then you're expecting them to do what you say if they don't answer you do you keep asking you keep telling their name hey whatever your kid's name is say if it's uh tom hey tom 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 Tom, Tom, Tom. I was in the car one time with my sister and, and uh, my nephew, Matt, which is uh, her, her son. And we were, I don't know if you remember this, we were at a train track. And the train was going by and Matt was in the car and he was like, Mom, why don't, Mom, why did, Mom, why does the train, Mom, what about the, Mom, why the, why the, Mom, what the, and he kept going on. I wanted to go, someone tell the kid about the train. Because he was just going on and on about the train. It was really cute. But, you know, you're going to say something until you respond. He was just wanting a response from his mother. Even if I told him, Matt, that's a train, and da-da-da, he wanted his mom to tell him. Are you listening to the right voice? According to the Bible, Adam walked and talked with God, and they were in perfect fellowship. God could talk to Adam and, and could, you know, just say, hey, Adam, this is, what, this is what I want you to do. I want you to name this. I want you here. You can go eat that. And Adam could talk to God and say, God, I love that, man. This is awesome. Man, this is great. Look at this tree. And these, this is great. And God said, Adam, I don't want you to eat out of this tree. I want you to stay away from that. That's mine. I want you to leave that alone. But you know the story. Eve and Adam did it anyway. And then the enemy was allowed to come in. And so Adam made that choice. And that is what, if somebody says, oh, that's the fall of man. That's what they're talking about, where Adam gave over to the enemy. First thing the enemy did was once that happens is now he wants to change the nature. How many knows that the enemy's nature is not good? There isn't anything good about the enemy. Not a thing. Nada. Nothing. And he wants to change the nature of man. So that's why when he got in and Adam did what he said, it changed Adam's allegiance. Say amen to that so you know what I'm talking about. Three of you. Good. Let me help. So Adam is saying now, by his own choice, is saying, well, God told me to stay away, but, mm, and he listened to Eve, and they, they did what they weren't supposed to do. So by choice, now he's, a change, he's changed his allegiance, and his nature now, he's allowed to come in, and things have happened, so that is where sin entered in, and that is, uh, the rest is history. We are three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit, okay, and so what happens is when we get saved, or we get Jesus in our heart, we get born again, however the term you want to say that, then we get the Spirit of God comes and resides in us. Say amen to that. And so what happens is then our spirit from, 
from ourself and God because God is our creator connect. And then we're now in communion just like Adam was in the beginning. And then our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions determines what the spirits are doing and tells our body how to respond. Well, that's pretty layman's term, but that's what's going on. And so that's what's happening. And when we are saying, all right, and we're walking with God and we're doing what God is saying, that's uh, God talking to us. And so we have to trust his voice and follow that. Numbers 13.33, there we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. This is, and how many remember the 12 spies? Remember when they sent them out? Two came back with a good report, Caleb and Joshua, and 10 came back with a bad report. And this is what they said. Now, this is the enemy distorting their image. Did you understand? They're saying we were grasshoppers in our sight. That's the way they saw themselves. So we are like that in their sight. And that's what happens in today's world. If we see ourselves different than the way God is telling you about you, our image becomes distorted. And we begin to accept the way that we feel above the way God feels or the God sees. Does that make sense? And so then we respond and we react because remember now our mind, our will, and our emotions is, is trying to decipher. And so because we don't feel worthy or we feel not righteous or we feel this or that, we act accordingly. And we find ourselves in kind of this downward spiral. They saw themselves as insects. And the enemy put that mindset there. Now, I want to remind you that, just to let you know, it's not like the enemy just picked 10 of those 12 spies and picked on them. He picked 12. But two of the, of the 12 said, we're not, we're not thinking that way. Did you catch that? He's going to, the enemy's never going to roll over and just say, go ahead. Go ahead, I give up. He's not going to do that. His job is to get you not to hear God's voice and to get you off focus and off track and to get you away and not doing the things God has called you to do. So we have to make that decision because of our spirits connected with God and we have to decide and say, okay, whose voice am I listening to? Let me just make this as clear as I can. If anything you're listening to goes away from this book, it's not God. So if you look at this book and there's something in here that's like, well, that doesn't seem, if it's different from this, it's not God. Now, you know, there are different versions of this book that make it easier to understand. I'm talking about the principle in this book, okay? The very things the book stands for, the the kingdom rules and the laws in this book. So if it's something that is against that book, then you need to know God's not doing that. So here's our, our second thought. Know who your father is. When Adam disobeyed, it changed everything. He then gave his allegiance up from God. Sin came in, and now he is serving the enemy. Because now he's up, you know, he's just, he feels condemned. All of that condemnation is coming. All of those things the enemy's doing. Romans 8, 22, we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Job 38, 7, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And, you know, just all of these different things of this whole earth now is saying, I... God, we got to get something restored back here. we got to get something restored back here. And I, I said in the first service, they did a study on stars and, and talked about in the beginning they made, you know, they could even actually said they made noises. Uh, have you ever just been outside in the morning? Have you ever camped out or, or did anything with your family and just heard the birds first thing in the morning? 
It's an amazing thing. It's really, I mean, it's just when, like the whole world is waking up and that kind of thing. That's a great sound. Those kind of sounds are just wonderful. And, and so they talked about different things like that. That's how alarm clocks originally, they said somebody wanted to wake up to music because they, they would give legends of the stars singing to the glory of God. That's a pretty amazing. Adam uh, was the one in charge at that time. How many of you know when God put Adam in charge, he was in charge? He got to name things. He got to do, you know, he walked with God. And his authority was huge. It reached really everywhere except the throne of God. I mean, Adam was in charge of, like, you know, on the earth. He's like, you got it, man, until he allowed the enemy in. And so Jesus, that's why he's called the second Adam. Because when Adam gave up his rights and gave up uh, the kingdom, then that's why Jesus came. So that's why he's called the second Adam. And he restored it all. So Hebrews says Jesus' blood was sprinkled to clean the heavenly utensils. That's why the whole earth groans uh, to the manifestation of the sons of God. That's us, the sons and daughters of God, because it is the authority. Now, listen, Adam gave the authority to the enemy. The enemy took it from Adam, and now that's why the enemy rules and reigns on this earth. Jesus came, died for you and me, took the authority back from the enemy, and now by his blood... And by his, uh, what he did on Calvary, he's given that authority back to us. It is our job as sons and daughters now to rule and reign and have dominion here for the kingdom of God. Say amen to that. Because if, you're, if, if our mindset gets distorted, it'll be like, well, no, you know, maybe then, but I'll never do that. I never could have that. You will speak yourself right out of, of blessing and right out of being where God wants you to be and has called you to be if you're not careful. The enemy is after, listen, he's after the word of God that's planted in you. That's what he wants. It's that seed of the word that's planted in you. And what happens is when it gets in you, then again, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions starts germinating that spirit that God has connected. And then you begin to speak and you begin to react and obey what God has told you to do. John eight forty four. you are, you are. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth. There's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of it. You see, once man gives over to the enemy, his nature changes. Have you ever just been somewhere and you don't know anybody, and you meet someone and you automatically go, man, they're a believer? I mean, has that ever happened to anybody? It has happened to me several times. And, and what, what's connecting is the spirit of God that's in you and the spirit of God that's in them recognize that. And you, you know that's, wow, that's, they're a believer. Have you ever been somewhere where the enemy comes up and, and you're like, well, they're not a believer. At least not in what I believe. I've walked in in places, walked into a gas station one time. I walked into a gas station and the, the clerk behind the counter was a lady and they're full. And I walked in and she goes, okay, okay, I'll go to church. Leave me alone. And the whole place turns around and looks at me. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. I just walked in. I just parked the car, walked in. I was going to get in line and pay. I don't even know who she is. Why? I've, had, I've walked into a room. And I've had just the opposite. I've had somebody walk up, and we were looking at a house when we were originally coming back. It was actually just outside of Bucyrus, and they sent me over and said, well, there's a guy over there working. Just go over there. I walked in the house, didn't say squat to this dude, and he comes up, gets right up in my face, right up in my... I don't like people in my face, except her. I like that. 
But I don't like people in my face. He's like almost touching my nose. And the first, he doesn't know me from Adam. Uh, you know what he says to me? The first thing he says to me, this is what he says. I'm the devil. My response was, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> and then, you know, we just like stare at each other for about 30 seconds. And then I said something like, are you done? And then he moves aside and I said, we're here to look at the house. And he's saying all kinds of stuff. I never told him I was a pastor. I didn't tell him anything. Why? Spirits understand. Now, before you get too freaked out, the cool thing about being with God is God's the biggest thing in the valley. So it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. So I don't have to. God fights my battles. I can walk in there and there's just something already. You know, that tells me enemy's kind of afraid. And it's not, it's because God's entered the room, but thank God that he's entered the room with me. Oh boy, that's good. You ever just want to give somebody a piece of your mind? Some of us, we better not. That's all we can spare. <laughs> but we got to get born again. We give our heart to the Lord. Then, then our nature starts becoming more like God's. And that's a process, isn't it? Old things pass away, all things become new. We just got to get the mindset of Christ. And hopefully those that are closest to you can see that there's a process going on. They see changes going on. But you see, when Adam fell, there, there became that state of unrighteousness. And one of the things that unrighteousness does, it always keeps you in the sense realm. The enemy wants to keep you in that five sense realm, that, that level that is just seeing, smelling, touching, tasting, hearing. All of the natural senses, he can keep you there because that is the level that takes no faith. That tastes good. That stings. That hurts. That's hot. That's cold. I hear that. But God wants to do something that's past what your natural man can do. He wants to do something that will take God and that the natural person will go, how did that happen? How did they know that? How did he pray and how did that happen? Because that is where God wants to take you. Because that's how he sees you. But you've got to see yourself that way. You've got to see yourself as large and in charge. You've got to see yourself. No, no, I'm not saying you've got to, you know, I'm large. Not that kind of large. Large on the inside. Large and in charge. God, I'm, I'm telling you, man, you are living large inside of me. Once we get born again, once we say yes to Jesus, our nature switches. Something changes. Something's on the inside. And you can't really hardly describe it, except some, of, some people say it's like a load just dropped off my back. Like it's... 50 pound pack of bricks just fell off or something's different something's new i i feel a new sense of of life but unrighteousness will keep you in a bad place here's what unrighteousness if you allow that it brings you a sense of inferiority you're not designed to feel like you're condemned or being under anything except god you were created to have dominion in a godly way not as a not as a a, a hitler type thing but as a as a godly person no, you know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Okay, so unrighteousness will bring you that sense of inferiority. You are also, unrighteousness will also give you a sense of failure. I'm afraid to do that. If I do that, we could fail. What will people think? I don't want to step up and do that. I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. And so unrighteousness will keep you in a state of failure. It'll also, a sense of self-consciousness. 
It's always going to, unrighteousness will always tell you what you did wrong five minutes ago, what you thought, what you did yesterday, last week, last month, last year, years ago. It's going to keep you in that state and remind you you're not worthy. It's unworthiness. You don't deserve anything. Who do you think you are? That's what unrighteousness will do. And when you have unrighteousness, now remember, we talked last week, you need righteousness and faith to hear the voice of God. But the righteousness isn't anything you earned. Christ earned it for you. So just like I put on this blazer when I accepted Christ, he's like, here's a robe, Brett. Here's my righteousness, Brett. And I'm like, Jesus, I didn't earn that. And he's like, I know. But because you're mine... Come on, somebody. I've got kids that are in the building. I got, you know, they, they got married spouses. They can have a key to my house. I do not care. They can come to my house anytime they want. They can walk in my house. They can open the fridge. They can eat my sub. I don't have a sub in there, so I can say that. But they can do whatever they want. And you know why? Because righteousness, you have rights. They have privileges. They might say, well, you know what, Dad, I didn't buy this house. I didn't. No, you didn't. But because you're my kid, come on in. Unrighteousness will tell you that it's over. There's no way out. You can't make this. You, you've done too much. It's too far gone. But God says, no. With me, all things are possible to him who believes. It brings us to our, our third thought today. Jesus, know that Jesus is the answer. Whatever you're going through, let me just tell you the answer. It's Jesus. It is the one that went to bat for you. It is Jesus. God sent his son Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He leads us back to the father. Everything he did, he was just like, man, check this out. If you see me do it, I saw dad do it. You hear me say it? I heard dad say it. And he begins to tell us all that, but he had to die. He had to exchange his life for ours. He had to sacrifice God raised him from the dead and he made our way again. And if we just said, oh, I believe what you did on the cross. You did that for me. We make it back to God. The Bible says in John 14, 6, it's not the scripture you have up there, but it says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. That is actually the founding scripture for true life church. That is the scripture he gave me. That's why you see true life. I'm the way, the truth and the life. That's where that comes from. But we can't get to heaven without him. There's people that are being like, oh, you know what? I'm telling you, oh, they were just great. Well, you know, I, they, if you've been to a funeral and somebody's passed out, uh, passed out, passed away. <laughs> Sorry, they passed away. And I've heard people say this. They've come up to me and just said, oh, you know, when I go, when it's my time to go, I'm just going to party in hell with all my friends. I said last week, party in hell's canceled due to fire. That's not going to happen. That's not how that works because they don't have any concept. But if we're really honest, we all have kind of a concept. We'll say we don't. We don't want to know about God. Don't tell me about God. Don't push that church stuff on me. This isn't about church, my friend. This is about relationship. This is about just, you know what? If there's only one way to get to heaven and Jesus is the way, even if you're a gambler, even if you're a, if you're a smart man, hello, what are the odds of making it if you don't use the one way? I may not be a smart man, but I don't care if you and Jenny like peas and carrots. You better choose Jesus. You had to know Forrest Gump to know that last line. But we could be, because of what Jesus did, perfect fellowship with God. You can walk with God like Adam did. Hebrews says God doesn't change. 
So you can walk with God. God can talk with you and you can talk with God. Jesus did that. He operated that way. So how do we receive righteousness? Because if we have this unrighteous mindset, here's our fourth thought today. We, we know by faith, not by feelings. We receive everything in the kingdom by faith. Everything happens in the kingdom by faith. That's how the kingdom operates. It's a law. You can't change it. And people say, I don't like this faith stuff. Well, like it or not, this is how it works. It's how the kingdom works. You don't like gravity, get up on the building. We'll watch you jump. We'll see how that works for you. If you don't like it, still going to go down. We're just going to see how many times you bounce. It's gravity. It's a law. So we have to understand, we have to know by faith, not by how we feel. Everything operates by faith. 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Simon Peter, bondservant of the apostle Jesus Christ, to those who have attained uh, like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Now your Bible may say through, but by the righteousness. Faith comes by hearing. But we know to have the faith that we need, we, all, we need that righteousness of God. John 5.30 says this, I can myself do nothing as I hear, judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not speak my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So this is all about not us doing our own thing. This is about saying, God, not what I want, but what you want. It's amazing when we submit to the Lord, he changes some of the things we want. Some of the things that we thought were so important to us aren't that important anymore. We, we get out with this dream of, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then we let God get a hold of our life and you realize there's another purpose. And you start discovering that. And then you have this other passion that seems to grow from that. When we become sun-minded, how many would know that the creator knows what he creates? He knows how it works. If you want to go to somebody that built an engine and it doesn't work, you take it back to them. They know exactly. They can look at it and go, oh, yeah, well. If you ever had anybody that's a really good mechanic, they can hear something. Sounds like one of your lifters are ticking. If you don't know anything about, you know, an engine, you'll be like, can you tell the lifter to quit? What has to happen with that? You know, or um, you're out of blinker fluid. I don't know. <laughs> Just saying, you, don't go to Jiffy Lube and tell them that they don't understand. <laughs> They'll charge you for blinker fluid. Some of you don't even get that, and that's the scary part. <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes we think we know ourselves, but God knows you more than you know yourself because he made you. He knows exactly what makes you tick. And there's some things in there, your tick is not talking right. And so you got to line that spirit up with God so you're tickle talk. And you can tick talk with God. And when you do that, then your, your mind, your will, and your emotions begin to go, oh, I get it. But all the world doesn't always understand that stuff. Because now God is now telling you things that to them seem foolish. You can't give that money away. What's the matter with you? You know, there's a story of a pastor. This is a true story. He doesn't have a whole lot of money. And he went to this big, uh, like a Coliseum event. And he's up in the nosebleed section, like in row C, way up there high. And this guy's down here talking about the kingdom. And he's like, yeah, oh, man, I'm excited about it. But God, I'm nobody. I don't have any money or anything. I barely have a hundred bucks. And God ticked his talk and said, give a hundred dollars right now. And this is what goes through his mind. 
I don't have only just like $100 and $10 past that. But he said, you know what, God, I want to do that. This is, if you want me to do it, it's going to sound... I mean, if he's sitting by his finance guy, he, I'm going to give $100 of my $110. Your finance guy go, you are an idiot. But he writes out the check, and he stands up there, and the guy says, okay, we're going to pray. And they, he said, hold your offering up to the Lord. And this guy's like, okay, God. Now, he's up in the nosebleed section in section C, up there like this. The guy that's running the meeting, the Lord connects his tick and talk together. And he says, you see that guy up there in the blue shirt? And the guy looks up, he says, where? He says, way up there in the nosebleed section. Section C. He's got his hand in the air with everybody else. Do you see him? The guy speaking says, I see him, God. He says, I want you to find him and write him a check for $10,000. True story. So this guy does not know that his talk has been ticked. And this guy's going, I'm going to tick his talk. Because God has connected something. And now things are going on. But he's... He's just saying, I am obedient. Can I tell you, you don't have to know how God's going to do it. You don't have to know all the ins and outs. Your job is just believe and be obedient. Listen and do. And so at the end of that service, they found that guy, gave him a a check for $10,000. Now, could you imagine? But I just had people be coming up and go, how did you get I just... I mean, that's kind of like, God, let that happen to me. It can. Now, I'm not, you know, when it comes, to, and this isn't a, a, a push on giving, but if we, it's a heart thing. We don't give to get. Our heart isn't just, I'm going to give because I'm just. But when we give, we get. Because that's how it works, sowing and reaping. Now, we're not foolish because we give because we know God will provide. So in a sense, you can give and get, but not if that's your motivation. I'm just giving so that I can get. You're like a hungry, hungry hippo. Don't want to do that. So we got to be sun-minded. we got to be led by God. Sometimes people are just like, I'm not doing anything because I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. You know, we're, when we ask people even to give, the Bible says, I, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I don't want you to give because you feel like I'm emotionally pushing your button. Like, oh, I just feel like if I don't give, hmm. No, you can come before church according to what it says, already knowing, Lord, this is what you want me to give. Okay, I'm going to do that. And if, you, if he tells you to give more and you feel led of God by his spirit to give more, you do what he says. Say amen to that, please. I want to hear God's voice and move based on that voice, not based on my emotions. I want to hear him and move based on that voice. Now, you might be saying, uh, Brett, hearing is one of our senses. I'm not talking about hearing with your ears. I'm talking about hearing with your heart, with your spirit. See, and that's what God's talking about. Not just what you hear here. We hear a lot of things here. I'm talking about hearing here. And when you hear here and you obey, that's what happens. When you start saying, all right, God, it doesn't make sense. You know, because you could be that widow that says, hey, listen, I just got a little bit of oil in that jar. Don't you be telling me, Mr. Prophet, about what I'm going to do with that little bit of oil. I'm going to make some food. We're going to eat it. We're going to die. Isn't that a wonderful mom? But he says, you make me some cake first. All right. Because she knows inside that's what she's supposed to do. 
You go borrow all the jugs you can. You go see it, and we'll fill them with oil. Well, that doesn't make sense. Bring, bring those. We're going to take that water. We're going to turn it. Just do what he says. Fill those things with water. Bring them here. Well, that doesn't make sense. Can I say that it doesn't have to make sense with you? You just have to believe and obey. Number five, you got to know your herd. The work of righteousness shall be, and we said this last week, shall be peace, and the effect shall be quietness and assurance forever. How many like that? Man, I haven't always operated in that. And that's why I haven't had quietness and peace and that assurance. But man, when you have that, that is, you can't put a price on that. Jesus said this, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. Because he walked in righteousness. He had fellowship with the Father. When we're in unrighteousness, people don't know whether God hears them or not. I worked at Honda for seven years, and people would come up and say, I need you to pray for my grandpa. Well, why don't you pray for your grandpa? No, because God doesn't hear me, but he'll hear you. Well, why would he hear me and not hear you? Because they've seen some transformation of something. They know in their spirit that there's something different in my spirit. Now, that's not judging. I'm just saying that's what happens. How many know what I'm talking about? So they're like, would you pray? But let me just tell you, that's their choice. They have a distorted image of themselves because they've not accepted the thing that I accepted, and that was the righteousness of Christ for what he did on Calvary. That's all that is. That's my spirit connected with him. And let me just say this. I don't do anything but just do what he says, and I'm not always successful at that because I don't always obey right. But all, even when something that happens good, and it happens often, I'm thankful for that. That's wonderful. That's just me being the jumper cable. Come on. From me having, holding on God's hand and my spirit hanging on to that. I'm not doing it. He's doing it. I'm just feeling the effect of it. That's pretty good, huh? Not really. I know. I'm too white. Just saying. <laughs> the Bible says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. First Peter three twelve. The eyes of the Lord are on the who? The righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I know I've been heard. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God. Why? Because I'm in his family. Why? Because I'm his son or I'm his daughter. Why? Because he's my king. Why? Because I'm in fellowship with him. Why? Because what Jesus did on the cross, he's my Lord and my Savior. Righteousness means I got rights. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if I know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked. That literally means, and again, you've heard me say it before, when he says he hears us, it means just like an attorney says, I'm taking the case. Brett needs help. I've got it. I've got this. I'm on it. That's what it means. And so when we have righteousness, we know that he's heard us. If you don't have that, and you don't believe that, and Jesus isn't Lord of your life, then that unrighteousness mindset comes in, and you don't believe you've heard. And this is where the begging comes in. You don't have to beg for things that are already yours. And again, think about my kids and the key to the house. They don't have to, oh, let me in. <laughs> they don't have to do that. They have a key. All they have to do is put the key in the lock, turn it, walk in, and get what they want. Keys to the kingdom. You have the same privilege. 
You have a key. You don't have to beg God. If you know that he heard you, wouldn't that change how you respond? I could yell at, at you know, like, again, like, uh, Maddie, Maddie, I need you to clean your room. Maddie, I need you to clean. Maddie, Maddie, Ma- hey, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. And I'll keep doing that until then she goes, Dad, I heard you. Oh, okay. Because once I know she hears me, then now it's up to her to turn the key and do what she's told. And then the, the, the freedom of the kingdom starts operating. Are you with me? I like knowing he's hurt. My wife shared that with me. She heard a teacher say, if we really believe God, we would act different. We would respond different. Man, that hit me like a sack of potatoes. I thought, I'll believe God hears me, but then I'll still act like he don't hear me. According to Mark eleven twenty two through 24, it says that we believe when we pray, not when it shows up. So if I believe he heard me and I believe I already have what I prayed for. And first John five, what we we're just talking about, I believe he's heard those petitions and those are going to be there. I don't have to act like I don't have them. I just have to start thanking him. I just thank him for him before they show up. Why? Because when I'm thanking him, that's letting him know I heard. I know you heard me tell you. And I know, according to your word, you heard that. Thank you, God, for answering that. Thank you. I don't have to worry about that because you got that covered. Here's number six. No, you can trust the father. You got to trust God. You're going to have to just trust the father. Well, Brett, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know. I don't, I'm afraid of people. I don't want to do this with people anymore. You're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust people to trust God. But ultimately, you're trusting God. The Bible says, he that has ears, let them hear. You can hear, but not listen. I shared in first service, sometimes, you know, I've been guilty of that. Somebody can, you know, Kim could be talking to me. I could be hearing her. She's talking to me, but I'm not listening. You don't have to say anything, guys, but you know. And girls, sometimes you could probably do the same thing. Well, you know, and we're good with that. Sometimes our kids will be saying, oh, look, this is what happened. And, you know, they want to tell you something. And you're like, oh, that, yeah, that's great, honey. But you're really not listening. You're hearing them tell you. What would happen if we would really start listening? And I'm guilty of that as well. God said, many are called, but few are chosen. So now everybody does what he says. So we need to make sure that we are the ones that are not only called, but we're chosen. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. It talks about eye is not seen nor ear is heard have entered into the heart of man things which God has prepared for those who love him. And you can read the rest of that scripture as we as we just move on but once we get born again or once we get saved we get that new nature we get the nature of god that comes in and and now things look different i mean things are 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 different we don't even think of things sometimes the same way which brings us to our last point this morning you know the bible says old things are passed away all things become new so we have that different nature now we have chosen god you know there's only two choices god or the other the enemy if you don't choose God, by default, you're choosing the enemy. You don't want that choice because I just told you, John 14, 6, says there's only one way. So we need to make the choice for, for Christ, for God. Here's number seven. Know that you need the Holy Spirit. So we just need to understand we need God's Spirit to guide us, but we need it even in greater dimensions. 
In the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came on people. They were already saved. When you get saved, God's Spirit comes inside you. You already have a measure of faith. He put it there, and you begin to interact with God. But now when the Holy Spirit comes on, there's times you don't know what to do. Anybody ever had those times? You don't even know what to say. Sometimes people are hurting, and you're like, I don't even know how to help you. I want to help you, but I don't know what to say. Well, that Holy Spirit, the, the God, Holy Spirit, you know, that's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Your Bible might say Holy Ghost. It's the three in one, the Trinity. That's what we're talking about. That's God. He's not like number three on the ladder. It's, it's God. When I say it, he's God. I don't mean it. But what I'm saying is then we need him to intervene when we don't know what to do. Let the Holy Spirit, let God's spirit come upon us. That isn't real freaky. If we don't understand, that's that whole spiritual language and all that. But I'm, without even doing a teaching on that, so I'm not going to go through all that, but I'm just saying, if you'll just say, God, I just want more of you. There's times that I've prayed for people, and they should, some things should happen, but there's something that's wrong. Have you ever done that? Something's not right. And then I'll hear God say to me, you need to break. And I'm just saying, we've prayed for people, and I'm like, what is going on? And he'll say something like, there, you know, there's witchcraft. You need to break that. Now, see, as soon as I said that, everybody's like, huh, it gets real quiet. But here's the, I wouldn't know that. Why would I know that? So then I would break that, and all of a sudden, everything, they they get free and all that. Why? Guided by the Holy Ghost. Or say you're on your way home, and, and you feel God saying, I don't want you to go this way. I need you to go another way. And you go, God, that's a long way. I don't want to go that way. I need you to go another way. Then you find out there was a five-car collision on the way you would have went home. Why did you know to go the other way? God. His spirit will guide you. I hope I'm making sense to you. I hope you're catching a little bit without being like, oh, this is kind of freaky. You know, sometimes God isn't, he's not freaky, but sometimes what, you know, you ever get uncomfortable? We're not going to make you uncomfortable, but I'm not God. I'm just saying he wants more for you. He wants you to have more than what you believe. Not for just you to be like. (laughs) But he wants you to be able to bless other people. He wants you to be able to be like people to go. What is going on? We had a guy stand up in church and say. (laughs) Jack might remember this. Stand up in church and say this. He said, God's just blessing me so much. I just wish he'd just turn it off. I, I, you know, it's probably wrong, but if I had a moron sticker, I would go, why would you want to turn it off? How many more people could you help? If you've got all that you need, then start saying, hey, let me bless you with that. Hey, let me bless you with this. I mean, if it's truly God, God's wanting to bless, not so you can have more, just so that you can go last one with the most toys wins. (laughs) No, he's saying, listen, I want to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. When's the last time you're just good to somebody? You heard them say something and you said, I'm going to do that for you. You didn't have to tell them. It just happened. You're just like, I'm getting that. I'm doing that. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to be led of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to call 1-800-PSYCHIC. You don't need to call Maury. If you're watching Maury, we need to get you delivered. (laughs) And any show like that. 
You know who you need to call? You need to call God. You need to call Abba Father. You need to call Jesus. You need to call the one that, that died to set you free. You need to call the one that can really make everything right. Come on, somebody. We need Jesus, don't we? He's the expert. So we need to step back, commit to the Father. God, what do you want me to do? Listen for what he says and then do it. Receive that answer and do it. I'm going to let you read 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 28. Again, there's just so much in here, but just this is about just wisdom of God and to the world. Sometimes God will tell you to do things that will make it will seem foolish. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this up. I'm even going to turn my notes off. How about that? Because I'm just about done. God might tell you something that doesn't make a lot of sense to the world. Because remember, the enemy works in that natural level, sensing. God might tell you to do something. I mean, think of the things that Jesus did. Think of the things that just were, you know, he raised the dead. You know, I just heard this the other day. I, I, I've always wondered this. Uh, he waited four days for Lazarus. Remember that? Lazarus was dead four days. And you know why? Because in the Jewish tradition, they believed, and I didn't know this before, that the spirit left the man three days. In three days, that's when the spirit finally left. Now, according to the Bible, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But in that tradition, they believed that after three days, the spirit left. Jesus waited four to say, uh-uh. This is God himself, because then you can't say, well, the spirit was still there. What I'm saying is there's things that Jesus would, that he did that just didn't make sense. He spit in mud or spit in dirt, made mud, and then was going to put it on people's blind eyes. You know, there's people that would be like, that's disgusting. I need some sanitary wipes. That's not going to happen. How many grew up before there was antibacterial? You know what? Our sanitary wipe was mom spitting in a Kleenex. <laughs> that was sanitary, wasn't it? But I mean, we, we would have trouble with that. We'd be like, oh, I don't like that. But yet, listen to me. If you were blind and, and your eyes got open and there were more blind people, they would be like, could you put that right there? They would be stick that mud, that holy hawker or whatever you just did in the mud, put that right there. Wouldn't you? Because now you can see. That doesn't make sense. There's so many things that God did that doesn't make sense. Feed 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Come on. How are you doing that? That doesn't make sense. It seems foolish. Sit them down in groups of 50. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to feed them all this. That doesn't make any sense. It seems foolish. I'm here to tell you if we will listen to the voice of God, what man will call foolish, God will say, I'm going to do some things with you. I'm going to take you places. I'm going to give you things that you only dreamed of if you'll just listen and obey. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads, please?